Welcome to the Profit Talks Podcast, hosted by the Orange County Inland Empire SBDC Network, funded in part by the U.S. Small Business Administration and the California Office of the Small Business Advocate. This show is the go-to resource for business owners seeking empowerment, education, and resources to succeed. Join us as we connect you with experts, share the triumphs of fellow entrepreneurs, and reveal the wealth of assistance available to you today to level up your business. So let's go. Let's dive in and learn more. Well, today, heavy on resources, you uh, may want to pull out your pen and pencil because we're going to give you lots of acronyms, lots of agencies, lots of places to go if you need help in Riverside County because today we're privileged to have with us uh, a man who not only works for the Riverside County Office of Economic Development, that's a mouthful, but also as part of that runs one of the things, programs that they sponsor and put together, which is the Small Business Development Center out in that area. Welcome, if you will. Joaquin Tiarina, good Irish name here. Um, how did you end up to be in both of these jobs? Before we describe what the jobs are, how did you find your way into this world here? That's interesting. I didn't start out wanting to be an economic developer. That wasn't, uh, you didn't put that on your fifth grade essay, yeah, what I want to yeah, be in life. That was, <laughs> was not what I saw myself. I just fell into this, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. I was going to school and looking at things that I wanted to do. I'd done a number of different things, including construction. and Typically, um, yeah. I'll try anything. I'll do this for summer. I'll do this after college. I'll try this. But nothing, nothing was saying, I got to go look at the county of Riverside and see what yeah, I did not intern with, uh, you know, some organization with, yeah. as an economic developer. I started out working for the county uh, at some time later with the county of Riverside and then transferred to then agency was the economic development agency, which turned into now the office of economic development for Riverside County. Okay. And so I've been with the county over 30 years and um, 25 of those have been with the economic development. Wow. So just give us a quick background, typical Southern California, Hispanic background. I mean, were you, had your family been here for generations or for just a generation? What did your dad do? What, what kind of life did you come out of? Because people in government, we don't seem to think of them as real people somehow. I don't know who they are, but they're, we don't think of them as ordinary people. And yet, I have they're just regular Joes here. That That's that's right. They're not churned out in some factory. Right. It's, it's not stamped out. <laughs> Bureaucrats. Um, I came to... Uh, Southern California and specifically the Coachella Valley as a, as a very young child, a baby actually. Uh, my father brought us here from Texas. Okay. I was born in Texas and raised in the Coachella Valley. I, I've been in the city of Indio for most of my life. Okay. And so my parents uh, grew up in and around Texas but moved out here and they were farm workers. They, they were migrant farm workers and that's how they came to this valley. Mm-hmm. And then my father, uh, took jobs doing other more sustainable work, uh, you know, year-round work that would keep them here. Because mm-hmm. they would come and they would go. They were migrants. They came for a while, picked the crops, worked in the fields, helped harvest the food, and then left and went that, back somewhere That's else. right. And so we ended up here. And then, and my dad, he just loved it. You could look at the mountains around here in the Chella <laughs> Valley and see the snow from afar and not get too cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's perfect. I get it. Well, I'm from the Midwest. Anytime you can see snow in your rearview mirror, that's a good day for me here. I don't have to be surrounded. All right. So uh, it must have been a shock or a surprise when you suddenly stumbled into this world of economic development. 
I'm trying to grasp what you do, but do they get the whole impact of what you're doing and all this? It is a very uh, impactful work that we do. Uh, and it's not just us as, at the Office of Economic Development. We have 75 partners throughout the county, and it's a very exciting and, and rewarding. They launch their business or we help them get their entitlements to start building a, a new office building or a new location for yeah. themselves. It's just very rewarding. And I'll just say this to get it out of the way. Too often, too many people today think of government. Ah, oh, government, that's the problem. Let's get rid of all this stuff. We don't need all these people. And then I go down the list and I say, so should we get rid of the FAA, the Federal Aviation Authority? Well, no, we need them. We got a guy. Should we get rid of the post office? Well, no. Why does government work, though, to have such a bad reputation? We don't understand the impact it has. COVID, the Great Recession, all this stuff. A lot of money was poured into the nation, a lot of debate about how many trillion, but it all just came down to numbers. I'm not really sure what they did with all the money. I don't know how it it affected me. You're to much more impact cities and communities in, in a way that I don't think a lot of these national government programs get that same sense of we moved the needle. We did something dramatic here. We can point to this. That's right. And, you know, when you think about, like you mentioned, government, think about, you know, roadblocks or barriers to what? someone wants to do. But in this right. case, it, it is totally opposite of that because we're here to help let people know about the communities they may be looking into to expand their business into, help them with, we'll call it the red tape to get through the process and as the quickly process. and as efficiently as possible. Sometimes it's not even the red tape. It's just understanding how the world works. There's, there's all these steps. There's all these things you got to do. You can't just walk in and open up a building. You can't just knock down something and do it. There's rules, there's regulations, there's a process. There's all this stuff to do, and that can seem like an impediment. It is an impediment to people. And yet, every government, this government, every, I don't care what administration, they all want to see economic growth. Give us an economic picture of Riverside. Here I'm sitting at UC Irvine in the middle of Orange County that starts around Riverside, the city of Riverside, and goes, what, all the way to the Arizona border? I don't think people realize how big geographically the county is. That's correct. And, and it's Corona. Corona is the most city there that is up against Orange County. Right. So we have Orange County to our west, San Bernardino County basically to our north, and right. San Diego and Imperial Counties to our south. Right. We go from Corona, and I like to say from C to B because it's from the city of Corona all the way to our city in Blythe, which wow. is on that Arizona. On the Colorado River right there. We're over 7,000 square miles wow. of county. And so we're the 10th largest in the United States and the fourth largest in the state of California. So geographically, very large. And the county is all over the place. If you're in Corona and even Riverside, it tends to look more like Orange County, San Diego, whatever. Lots of business headquarters, lots of suburban sprawl. But as you start going on further, it's become this giant warehouse for the world. As all the stuff comes in and shipped into the West Coast here, it moves out there and has to get sorted in big Amazon centers and all the stuff here where they're going to ship it, deliver it, do all that stuff. Talk about that change in that whole in economic development. I, I went out to Chino for something not long ago. I think Chino's right on the border. It's kind of, I'm not sure if it's Riverside or San Bernardino, but it used to just be a whole valley of dairies. The dairies are almost all gone. And it was just miles and miles of giant warehouses where they are bringing stuff in, they move it inland to sift it, to sort it, to ship it by rail, or to bring it back in and FedEx and Amazon and all that stuff. I know that's what the Ontario airport's largely used for these days. is isn't so much passenger traffic, it seems like, as it is UPS and FedEx and all this kind of stuff. It's become a logistics hub for the whole country. That is true. That is a very important industry for 
our county and certainly it's it's helped grow some areas but we're not just about that you know we're a 2.4 million in our a population in our county wow. we go from everything from, like you mentioned the urban built up areas like the city of corona riverside moreno valleys Temecula, some very large cities. Yeah, Temecula, Within wherever that, the wine we have, is, right? We have a, a varied areas. We have, you know, the wine country. and I forgot all about that, but we'd love to go there. And, yeah, I somehow think, well, that's Riverside oh, County. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Come in and enjoy some really good quality wine in Temecula. And Came in the 1980s from the Midwest, frozen Midwest. I watched one too many Rolls Rolls. I went to the University of Michigan, and I said, I'm not living in the snow any longer. Beautiful land of opportunity and golden sunshine. Ed largely has been. It, it, that is. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we have deserts, and we have the communities like the Coachella Valley, nine cities in the valley, and many unincorporated areas. Some beautiful time, you know, when it's not raining, actually. Yeah. Again, you know, lots of activities, lots of things, so there's a lot a, of industries. There's so. another whole area. So uh, when my late father decided he was going to leave Michigan, which he swore he'd never do, the snow finally got to him and my mother got ill. And I said, I'm an only child. I can't come back there. Why don't you come out here? Came to the Coachella Valley, bought a home in Palm Desert in Sun City. And suddenly he was like a reformed alcoholic. He's telling everybody, why are you still drinking? Why are you still doing the world? Why are you still living in the Midwest? It's, I'm playing golf in the middle of February. <laughs> this is nuts. Why did I stay there all these years? It's incredible. And that Coachella Valley just continues to grow and boom. And I, he left me a house out there. So I still rent it out and go out there. And gorgeous. There's a million golf courses and a million great restaurants and a million great things to do. And it's just a wonderful lifestyle out there. And it's more than just a tourist mecca. It seems to be becoming a year-round destination as well here. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and speaking about the Coachella Valley, it, tourism is one of the major industries out here, but so is agriculture. Still a billion-dollar-plus industry in uh, the whole of Riverside County. So we're very much a little of everything, if, yeah. you, if you will. And so, that always strikes me. I drive out to Palm Springs, Coachella Valley, Palm Desert, whatever out there, to go spend a week or work on the house or whatever I'm going to do if it's not rented. And all I see coming in towards L.A., Orange County, where I spend all of my time, rows and rows of trucks filled with what look like onions and, and all sorts of things. And I think, where is this coming from? It's coming from out there. You go a little past the Coachella Valley, a little past Indio out there, and it's all agriculture all the way to the border, I guess. I mean, there's massive agriculture. Yes, it is. And, it, you know, again, Upwards of 75% of the winter crops for this exactly. nation come out of the Coachella Valley and, and the uh, Imperial Valley. So, yes. And we have some other areas in the near Blythe, the Palo Verde Valley, that also produces agricultural products. So, yes, it, it's. And that's being challenged deeply by drought and water and lack of water and the Colorado River and too much of it's going too many places and it's too low and everybody's trying to figure out. Because it was when water was plentiful, they just built, they took the desert and basically turned it into agriculture. And now that's a challenge. They're trying to figure out, is that sustainable or if so, how? No, that's got to be a big challenge, economic development out there to sustain it is. It is. Uh, water and water issues, you know, can impede growth in certain areas. But at this point, they still have sufficient water supplies to irrigate the farmland that, that is currently under cultivation. So it's still a very much uh, thriving industry. But they're but talking again, about pivoting and moving from different types of crops. Maybe I don't think they're like rice out there someplace, which just takes a lot of water. And they're saying maybe not rice anymore. Maybe we got to shift the 
the things we're growing out here, uh, almonds that are very water intensive. I know up as you go up in Central California, they're ripping trees out and replacing them. We're going to change the crops. We're still going to have agriculture, but maybe not as water intensive crops as some of the stuff that they're growing there. That is happening, and and again, there's innovation happening in our you know agriculture, and, yeah. and so water is a commodity. They're trying to you know come up ways with that they can use less water. Exactly, to stretch it farther and get crops. more out of it, and do more. Absolutely. With it. Yeah. So there's so much innovation, and and then different types of innovation coming where they're growing more on less land. Yeah, and right. It's a different t- situation, but again, it's still a thriving industry in Riverside County throughout the county, and. Um, some areas, uh, as we mentioned before, Temecula is a lovely place. To, oh, Temecula's uh, been. When I went out there, there were half a dozen wineries. Now there seems to be 20 or 30 or 40 wineries out there. I mean, it's coming up on uh, 70 wineries oh. in, the, in the community there. And every year, more are expanding their footprints, uh, adding hotels and restaurants and those kinds of things. That yeah. are the amenities that folks that want to come in for even a day trip want to experience. So I say this because... I don't want to sound like an Orange County snob, but if you say to most people around here, Riverside, they go, yeah, Riverside. Okay, so it's the city of Riverside and something else beyond. How about Temecula? Oh, yeah, I love Temecula. How about Palm Springs and Coachella? Oh, I love out there. Indio. For many years, Indio was like, oh, Indio, that's just a rundown area. Nothing's going to be there. Now it's the center of the music business, the Indio Coachella Valley uh, music festivals and the coach music festival, all these things. Suddenly, when did this happen? When is Coachella the coolest thing to young kids in the planet here. They all dream of coming to the giant Coachella Valley music festivals. Got these huge entities, these worldwide entities, Temecula, the wineries, uh, Palm Springs and Coachella Valley and the music festival there. And then this hidden giant of not just warehouses and stuff in part of that area, but this huge area of agriculture. I I think it's literally a well-kept secret. I don't think most people realize what's out there and how much is out there. You know, when I look out at this time of the year, when those folks come here from the north, escaping those uh, right. the snowbirds, right? <laughs> yes, we we do see them, and and you know, and we're happy to have them. Uh, it's part of our economy here locally. You know, it's it's just an example of how varied it is in our county. That's the picture I wanted people to get. This is a big area, very diverse, in, in state of flux, a lot of growth, a lot of changes going on. Let's talk about some of the challenges that come out of change. We talked about water and stuff. You go further and further out into the desert, into closer to the Arizona border, there's less and less industry out there. These are maybe one industry, one horse towns. And you were talking about Blythe, which is way out on the Colorado River somewhere. Blythe was mostly a prison. And that's what upheld this small community. And then the prison's closing. I grew up in the Midwest when the factory closed in these little towns. The, fact, the towns dried up and went away. Nobody knew what to do. There were one uh, one business towns here. Too much of the Midwest was built on that, much of it the car business. What does that do to a town like Blythe when suddenly the prison, what they all rely on there for their economic growth, goes? It certainly brings challenges. And so the state has announced the closure of Chuckawalla Prison out there coming in 2025. The guards that work out there and other jobs. Restaurants where they eat and businesses where they shop and the whole world. It's a trickle-down effect here. That's what's providing most of the income. And you take all that income away, it's it's hard for it, these towns to survive. It certainly provides, you know, that, you know, additional taxing for the community right. and le- losing those folks and losing those jobs and losing all of that from there. It impacts the, the city, obviously. And so... 
How do you guys step in? What do you offer? Your job is to try and come up with a new vision, so infuse some new ideas, maybe help them new cash, new companies, new things, try and and pivot it in another direction, see if you can't interest people in this area here. Well, one of the first things that we did was to look at and and undertake a study. We contracted with uh, an economic development organization that to kind of give us an analysis, an overview, what's going on, what works, what isn't working, that kind of thing, and get us some background. You know, what are the gems out there? What are the things that are, are working? What do we got to work with that we're not working with? Yeah, right. Yeah, and then build on those kinds of things. Now, early on, we have been working as a county to assist the city and the community around there because there's some unincorporated communities in that area, Mesa Verde, uh, Ripley, some others in and around that area that are impacted by what happens to the city. And so those are the things that we started doing was engaging the community, bringing out the county resources and in addition, which includes the Coachella Valley Small Business Development, which is hosted by the, the county of Riverside's Office of Economic Development. Give me some stories. So what have you envisioned? You just did a ribbon cutting for something out there, I know. How are you going to help this town survive and thrive and pivot in a new direction? What things have you identified? What kind of businesses? Tell us a story, something yeah, happening in Blythe. a great story. Um, as you mentioned, this Saturday, February 3rd, we had a ribbon cutting on a farmer's market. We call it the Blythe Fest. It's, we received a U.S. Department of Agriculture grant for $180,000 to wow help support a market to sustain it for three years. And we started helping local entrepreneurs go through the process of learning how to start their own business specifically for the the market fast. We used another program that we- You can't we, get a big uh, job. Maybe you got to create your own job. Maybe you got to become a maker. You got to you got to be a farmer again, or you got to be a creator or something here. It's, it's trying to get small businesses to thrive again in place of one large employer here. Exactly. So what we're looking at is giving the community members an opportunity to maybe they're they've got a hobby and they want to graduate that hobby into a, a business. And right. so we help them launch this business, whatever it might be. Maybe it's 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 some sort of food or food related bacon cookies. We had somebody in here a while ago. He left some big job. He's always wanted to make mom's cookies and sell them uh, and do this for himself rather than work for some big enterprise here. You know, it's a number of different things out there. And so what we were able to do is get the grant. We partnered with the city of Blythe and the city on the chamber of Blythe to put on this market fest. So every Saturday um, during the time that the weather permits, during the fall and spring, we will have a hosted farmer's market. And create a marketplace and a place where people will come and gather and share resources and build an audience and all these things. You know, I grew up in the Midwest, as I said. When I was a kid, I lived in Detroit. Detroit was the fifth biggest city in America in the early 1960s when I was a kid there. I don't think it's in the top 20 anymore. Fell long, fell hard, fell over a long period of time. They're still trying to pick themselves up. Major bankruptcies back. The city declared bankruptcy as they lost the auto industry. As all the auto industry moved around the world and in other places here. Their, their whole reason for being, that whole feeder system, started to disappear. And it's been devastating to watch. And yet there are so many things about the revival of Detroit and they're trying to reinvent themselves and they have found new businesses and, and you see what's happening in the scrappy parts of the city itself where it's almost like urban farming again, trying to take these abandoned lots and turn them into something here. And 
there's there's shoots, there's sprouts sprouting up all over the city. I haven't been back there in a long time, but it seems like that's what you guys do. When the winter hits, when something bad happens, when change occurs, you come in and help reseed everything here and get it growing again here. You know, and that's that's what we're trying to do is just pivot and see where we can help the community regrow in another area and some organic things uh, from the standpoint of existing community members who may have had an idea I was sitting on it for a long time just decide hey right. time to maybe launch this new enterprise and right. so that's what we're helping out in the community helping them through one of our existing programs a thrive uh, small business grant program that was launched in Riverside County we were able to help them with you know some seed money to launch their talk about uh, seed I, I was shocked to see out in the Coachella Valley over the last five to ten years parts of the Coachella Valley like Desert Hot Springs I think that were pretty run down not the best parts of the thing have found whole new reasons not just for warehouses but for marijuana cultivation and for cannabis cultivation and hemp cultivation Here's all new cash product again here that's popping up. Not just new ways to grow things, but new things to grow and new ideas that this area is perfect for. You know, that's certainly the cannabis was a big, you know, <laughs> a big godsend. Really, <laughs> wow. I wouldn't say that necessarily, but I mean, it was, right. it was just another thing that folks could, that you know, retail. And, you would and, and never have thought ten years ago, twenty years ago, that yeah. they'd be selling this anywhere, much yeah, less out there. It's no right. longer, it's no longer uh, just on the street corners. Yeah, it's not demonized. Uh, it's it's it, legitimized. It, it wasn't there. Necessarily, the you know the bonanza that maybe some were hoping for, uh, right. and, and so the, there's so much other things out there, and I think that we're about is promoting our location, the county of Riverside, what I think are very great areas to come and look at. You could be anywhere here, and you can you've got mountains. You could go to your driving distance of the mountains of the deserts of the. I'll the, tell you what's so great about living out there is you're within a couple hours. Of anything you can imagine, a couple hours of Vegas, a couple hours of Mexico, a couple hours of the ocean. You're in the desert. There's mountains. You can go and see the snow or you can be down in the desert and it's 100 degrees. I can't think of too many places in America. You know, I grew up in the Midwest. You drove four or five hours in Ohio or Michigan. still looked like Ohio or Michigan. It wasn't that dramatically different. It took a long time to get out of that landscape and to get to another world. If you like access to everything imaginable, it's there. You're kind of in the center of it all there. Let's talk about some of the other programs that you put in place. People hear the word economic development, me included. I don't know what that is. I know the goal is to economically develop things, to bring more industry, to bring more grants and federal programs and jobs and industries. and all. That. I, get the, I get the goal, but how the heck you do that? I, if somebody asked me to take over your job tomorrow and said, Joaquin can't make it, Paul, can you sit in for him for the next week? I don't know what I'd do. I don't know who oh, I'd call. I don't know who I'd talk to. I, would I just answer and put out fires? Or you must be proactively seeking things, uh, grants, uh, opportunities, bringing businesses in, uh, helping businesses get through the red tape. Talk me through some of this. What's the day in the life of the economic development like? Well, that's that's interesting because that is what it is. It's, you know, it's part promotion. It's part you know education. It's it's part you know letting people know. You know the great things that are happening. Part here, imagination, opportunities yeah. that exist, and see so so any of those things that you're talking about, the investment we, we're looking to enhance the economic vitality of our county, and then so that means a number of different things and activities and programs, and and so you mentioned those, and we do we have part of that is okay. Someone wants to come in and say they'd like to start 
operating out of our county and, and they don't know where they want to be at. Well, what are the, hey, I need some information on demographics. Or I'm debating. Some- do I build my factory here? Do I build it down in Arizona? Do, what, what's it like? What's the economic landscape? What kind of uh, incentives do I get? Uh, what kind of workforce? Make me a deal. I'm shopping around here. There you go. That's all the information that uh, your business owner can get from us. It's, we're looking to give them the information that they need to make a you know, well-informed business decision. We want to show them and showcase what the economy has to offer here and, right. and just all of the things that we can do for them. I'm going to rattle off a couple of programs here that they told me to plug here. These are current programs that the Riverside County Office of Economic Development currently puts together. We talked certainly one about the, this show is sponsored by the Small Business Development Corporation. You guys are the hosts for the Coachella Valley Small Business Development Center. Lots of long words, lots of acronyms. And you're the director of that center in addition to whatever other duties you do for the County Riverside Economic Development. And the county does put other programs like what small business thrive. That sounds noble and aspirational. How do you help small businesses thrive? I mentioned it earlier that the Small Business Thrive Program is a County of Riverside grant program, business training, the technical assistance and grant program. Grant. There's money that you're ready to hand out to people. And most of us are saying, oh, it's so tough. I I can afford this. How can I do this? And you tell me this grant, not a loan that I got to pay back. You hand me the money and that's just the seed money to get started here free money exactly exactly and what this was american rescue plan act money that the funding that came to the county and we put that to use to help generate and you know launch businesses and expand existing businesses so there were their grants for different training opportunities that entrepreneurs or business owners could go through this would provide that and, and are these grants just for, they must be just for giant corporations or wealthy people. I, they're not for me. They're not for mom and pop entrepreneurs. Come on. Nobody's going to, I don't know how to fly for these. Nobody's going to give me one of these things or am I wrong here? Well, we did. We have been giving out those. I think uh, to date we've awarded over 250 grants ranging from everything from, uh, you know, $1,500 up to $5,000. So we've done that already. And we've had a number of businesses that launched, you know, with that funding. How is that difference then? You got another one called Business Assistance Now program. There was a Business Thrive program. There's also a Business Assistance Now, not tomorrow, but now. What does that do? That's another great program that we've launched, uh, actually launched during COVID when you knew that there was a lot of information coming out. Right. County of Riverside developed this Business Assistance Now program, helping people that are interested in coming into our county. Again, we help them with permit assistance, going through the permitting process and mm-hmm. to get their entitlements to, to to build a new building, a new factory, whatever that right. might be. And we provide uh, information on financial resources. And then we partner with other county agencies like our Workforce Development Center for hiring and training assistance. Sort of a boot camp. Let's get going now here. And then innovation program. What's an innovation? That, that Everybody's got to have an I'm in the innovation center. What does that mean? We're trying to take new ideas and turn them into something. How do you take and develop new ideas in Riverside? We have innovation happening every day in Riverside County. We talked a little bit about agricultural innovation, but mm-hmm. a number of different things going on around the county uh, with innovation. In addition to that, the Board of Supervisors of the County of Riverside has designated April as Innovation Month. And okay. that's when we really focus in the county with our partners on 
showcasing the innovation that goes on throughout our county. It's a very interesting mix because you mentioned Riverside started out as, you know, agricultural uh, oranges. Oranges, now, Riverside, Orange County and Riverside. That's where Sunkissed uh, Collective, all the little farmers that called themselves Sunkissed Oranges and stuff here. That's just somebody told me the, there's like one of the original orange trees or descendants of one of the original it's still orange there. trees. It's still there. So, you know, that that's the that's the start of, of Riverside's proper or the city. But, you know, you think about innovation and how that has developed in our county, working with our partners at the University of California, Riverside, yeah. their EPIC program there. They help tech entrepreneurs, you know, go through the process. And a lot of ag tech. They really are trying to figure out how do you grow more, faster, better, cheaper, different, uh, less water, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of innovation programs. I don't think people realize the work that's happening at UC Riverside today and agricultural innovation because we think innovation has to mean technology yeah maybe it's the technology of tracking crops through drones and see and uh, micro imaging we had somebody you're talking about they can they can shoot an infrared picture of the field they can tell you where the bugs are and the crops are going bad and all this stuff here and they can get to it before it too late pretty wild stuff yeah and it involves, uh, you know, tech innovation and other types of innovation that are happening, um, you know, at those locations. And we have these centers throughout the county. And so th- those are areas that are attracting these visionaries, these entrepreneurs who have a great idea and they need to develop it, go through a proof of concept process. And and so that we have that in, in our county. And then so funding. Don't just let it sit on a shelf as some academic research. So that's nice. Let's turn it into something like they're trying to do here at UCI's Innovation Center. All right. So all these things, innovation, assistance now, help them thrive, cut through red tape, attract them to the thing, even international trade. I don't think of Riverside as an international trade destination. Uh, and yet, I must be wrong because it's all the logistics <laughs> and everything. you got a whole international trade center out there. Well, we have a, a robust uh, manufacturing center in our areas, too. And, and so there's export of different products, yeah. you know, just a number of things that we export. And so, you know, we have a leading export where we export the majority of items from Riverside County. Mexico is one of our top exporters yes, that we right. have a relationship with. Canada, Japan, China, and then the Netherlands. So there are the, the Netherlands. Then why would yes. they shift stuff to the okay. Netherlands here? But it's, it must be food related or other sorts of things. Could I've... be food related. It could be any number of other things that we are manufacturers are are making in Riverside County. It might be beverage manufacturing. It might be hmm. uh, you know food or food related. Give me some other crazy I'm ideas that I wouldn't think are being made in Riverside. Like I know in, up in San Bernardino where the old uh, Air Force Base, what is it, not marches in Riverside, the other one, where they're trying to do space technology and stuff yeah. here. Yeah, Virgin Galactic and some of these other things. I don't know if that's Riverside or if that's San Bernardino. Kind of, but there are things happening out there that we have no idea that they're doing. Well, give me some ideas. Drone technology or something, building yeah. drones well, out there. The, yes, there's some like that. Even beverage manufacturing. Now, in my area, I, I, I've been fortunate to help a business manufacturer here that wanted to expand his business. He was in one of our communities, uh, unincorporated communities, was looking for a larger you know, facility mm-hmm. to incorporate all of his you know, processes, including manufacturing and bottling on site. And so we assisted him in, in finding a location. You got to bottle this stuff somewhere here. Why not out exactly. there? Exactly. Why not here? Right. Yeah. And um, and so, the, you know, he, he, he found this new location. And then when he went, moved in, he kept growing in that location. And thankfully, there was room for him to grow. And so now he's grown into this multi 
million dollar operation and he's exporting to in other countries. Is this where uh, we're going to make everything? Because we can't make it in Orange County. We can't make it in L.A. County. We can't make it in San Diego. Partly in people have grown, let's say, regulations and everything. It's just growth. The land is so valuable as housing and apartments and everything else. I'm going to tear it down to build a factory there. It's hard to justify the value of that land is so much more valuable of residential development and people than it is in turning it into more factories. So factories seem to be moving further inland, and maybe it's Riverside County. Is that where we're going to make stuff? It's certainly where we're going to store stuff and, separ- and, and sift through it and, and do all the logistics and moving it around. We'd love to have that, but, you know, it is growing. It's a manufacturing sector. You know, it, it had been down across the, the nation, but now we see that it's coming back. So Well, reshoring. We're worried so COVID made us scared. Uh, it took an awful lot of time to get it from China. That was real cheap in China, but, boy, you give a disruption like COVID, and suddenly I can't get things. So maybe i got to have something closer to the vest, something I can get a hold of quicker, and then we worry about trade wars and tariffs and all of that stuff. I see more and more people triangulating. Yes, they still make stuff in Mexico. For, for economic reasons or environmental reasons. Yes, they may still make it in China, but more and more of this stuff is reshoring. I hear that over and over again. We've we got to find a place to remake this stuff, at least part of it back here in this country, not just for pride, but as protection. You know, we, we don't want to have disruptions. We don't want to have challenge. They shut the border down or there is a trade war with China or something or, or COVID hits and we, uh-oh, we put all our eggs in one basket. We're in trouble here. That's right. So, you know, we we, uh, do promote the the fact that our areas uh, are very competitive for pricing on on our land out here, the available land. It's endless land. You got tons and tons of it. Yeah, right. For for manufacturing, for industrial. Industrialization, all this stuff here. All right. One last area that I'm fascinated with that nobody's talking about, but I've heard more and more rumbling about it, read more and more uh, stuff about it, and that is mineral extraction lithium particularly everybody's going to lithium batteries your phone your car your everything they need this lithium everywhere and they're where do they go they tend to go out in apparently salt flat desert kind of areas to find this stuff uh, they built some big projects in uh, nevada and i hear a lot of stuff around the salt and sea happening which was kind of a dead distressed area for a long time the lake went dead and you know, all the problems they've had uh, keeping that. Do we drain it? Do we shrink it? What do we do to restore it? And all of a sudden, uh, what was a tourist mecca turned into kind of this smelly area that nobody wants to go out to. They're finding a new reason and a resource out there. And I'm hearing geothermal. I'm hearing geothermal energy being developed in lithium. What about that kind of under the ground stuff here? Are we going to be back to miners and the 49ers and the and the uh, and uh, borax uh, wagon trains and all this Death Valley wagon trains, all the stuff I grew up as a kid hearing about mineral extraction. Uh, you know that's very interesting. And um, yes, lithium, lithium Valley, it's it's the new gold rush, right? Yeah. So we do we have pilot projects that are happening in and around the Salton Sea. Now, a portion of the Salton Sea, the northern piece, is within Riverside County. Hmm. The bulk of the Salton Sea is within Imperial County. I didn't know that. Okay, so it's right on the and border. So, you know, right. there, and there are some that are happening already. And, yes, uh, there's concern that, you know, they might just extract all the minerals and head out of town with those, and, and right. there would be no benefit to the local community, which has experienced challenges over the years at the Salton Sea 
has receded and you know become more and more salty and, and you know and oh, it's become a real dead sea for, yeah for green life and right. yeah. so those are the kinds of things that you know that those those areas are challenged with so county of riverside is, uh, along with um, uh, the imperial county uh, have formed relationships and collaborations including a salt and sea authority that they sit together and talk about these issues and so part of that conversation is you know, making sure that we collaborate with each other on how this is all worked out. Now, obviously, the state of California is also involved. Right. So there's there's some really. This could become Lithium Valley, as you said. This could become you hear of Silicon Valley. This could be. I think it already is envisioned to be one of the biggest producing areas of lithium in the country, maybe the world. Here, there's that kind of resource there, and what people kind of thought of as down and pressed area around the Salton Sea might come back in a big way here. But then the other one's geothermal energy. I never even think about geothermal source of energy production, but I know there's been, because they have geothermal vents and desert hot springs. There's all these bubbling hot springs and you know stuff coming up from the ground, this heat coming up out of the ground and these, I don't know what they are, lava tubes or something or whatever this is, yeah. That's correct. And so geothermal is another opportunity for renewable energies uh, to complement our existing solar and wind energy. Yeah, and they're building giant solar farms out there like crazy out there and everything. That's right. And so those are all in the mix. And, 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 you know, again, you know, there's some projects out there they're trying to um, move forward with, and they've been there for some time showing that. And and obviously the the lithium potential uh, has been identified as, as vast. And, so and, you're and right. Be, you're right at ground zero here. You're the guys discover when people say, oh, my goodness, there's nothing left in Bly. There's nothing left around the Salton Sea. What are we going to do? Hey, how about geothermal? Hey, hey, here's some new opportunity. How about lithium? Hey, how about so the so this is leaving, but maybe this could come. And you're constantly trying to have to find innovative ways to repurpose, to repivot and then to bring people out and say, don't give up on this area. This is the new gold rush. This is the you're going to be wishing you'd bought a house there. You're going to be wishing you'd moved out here. You're going to be clamoring when this all hits. You know, we're, we can see it coming. There's some waves coming, really strong waves in this area here. You're, you're right at the center of it there. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, we just are looking to how we best leverage those things for the benefit of the community, not just our county, but also in prep in that area with our, our neighbors to the south and Imperial County. So, well, yes, and very exciting, very exciting. Very exciting stuff. All right, so if I want to join this revolution, if I want to suddenly, I've been overlooking Riverside for far too long. If I want to look into the, the possibilities of Riverside and the new opportunities that exist there and the funds and the grants and the assistance and the help and the land and all the guidance, how did they get in touch with this organization I never even heard of, the Riverside County Office <laughs> of Economic Development, RivCoEd? How do I find this thing and find you? Well, you know, and, and we're on the web, obviously, that will share with you our number for. Um, yeah, give us a website, give us a number, give anything here. This so, has been a secret for too long, too, too few of us. <laughs> I know you're doing great work, but we wanted you to do even better work out here. I always put people on the spot, and I have these directors come in and go, what is our website? What is our phone number? I don't ever call it here. <laughs> we are rivcoed.org, and um, on that site, you will find us with information on all of our programs. I said, and one of which is not to be dismissed. They're the sponsor of this podcast here, the Coachella Valley 
Small Business Development Center, this nationwide organization, another one that I don't think enough people are aware of or take advantage of. These SBDC centers set up all over the country, funded by the SBA and local states. Uh, there's one in the Coachella Valley. There's one here in uh, Orange County. We're all part of the OCIE SBDC. And one of the centers of the six or seven or eight centers, what do they got, is out in your area, the Coachella Valley, right. for which you are the director of here. Well, yeah. and, and, you know, we provide services to entrepreneurs and existing building owners at no cost to them. That's so, what's shocking to me. You know, that's the best deal out there. Yeah. At no cost. Because you have this funding and this mandate, go make things work. Go help people. We want to see businesses grow, not just because the county wants more money and more taxes and more people, because we as a country want to sustain and grow small businesses. We know they turn into bigger businesses. More and more people are employed by small businesses. The easiest thing to find and develop. Is that your focus? I'll give you one last hard question here. Too many times I see development centers, whether they're city or county or state, they're all looking for the home run. They all want to get the next Tesla factory. I want to get some huge win that takes forever and a million people are fighting for it and they go for that. Or do they try and develop within? Maybe we can't get the next Tesla factory here, but we can get a lot. We can start a lot of small businesses that, who know, may grow to be Teslas on their own. And we can grow our own enterprises. We can build our own business. Are you looking for that one big home run that everybody goes, hooray? Or are you? is that old-style thinking and now we're trying to develop organically and sprout up lots of seeds and see what grows all over the place. Well, you know, and that, that is that thing. You start to think about how to organically grow businesses because there are, right. you know, the rather than bring them in. Yeah. Right. Is, yeah. Is, 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 you know, a lot of folks want to want to do their own, their own thing. And right. so that, that is it. And as you mentioned, attracting others to our County, but you know, they're always going to be, Grow from within, not just grow from without. Too often count, right. development right. agencies want to grow from without. We're going to go poach. Texas is famously always trying to poach businesses from us. Come here, lower taxes or something here. We're trying to take what you have and bring it here. Maybe we should develop like Richard doing from within. Let's look at what we got and, and make the most of it and turn it into something. That's right. And so was mentioning before, our website, you can go there and look at all this information. It's, it's, it's real simple. It's rivcoed.org, R-I-V-C-O-E-D.org. Okay. That's and you see all the different programs. Page. You can, uh, in there, you can go through and ask for assistance. If you're, you, we mentioned the, the Thrive Program, we mentioned international business, we mentioned right. the Now Program, innovation, all this stuff here. So what else, and if they want to reach you in your role as the director of the Coachella Valley Small Business yes. Development Center, how do they reach you there? Real easy. My email is is first initial J, last name Tijerina. That's J T I J E R I N A at R I V C O dot org. Okay. Well, so you're not hard to find. There's no excuse, folks. It, quit moaning about the fact you don't know how to start a business or where to go or how to get through the red tape, how to find funding, how to help assistance. It's there for free. They're looking for you. I think the the power of this program is to connect resources with people. And that's what we're hoping to do here. So thanks for tuning Absolutely. in. I hope you come back and tell us. Because there's some really cutting-edge stuff. Geothermal, lithium, ag uh, in innovation, water conservation. There's some really critical, innovative stuff going on in River. What I think of as sleepy, quiet, out there, Riverside County. It's not so sleepy or quiet anymore. It's, it's growing and thriving in lots of ways, interesting ways. 
And I hope you'll come back and share some of the stories of that success as it grows. I'd love to, Paul. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We went over, but there's a lot to talk about here. As we conclude another episode of the Profit Talks podcast, we hope we've empowered your entrepreneurial spirit. Reach out to us to connect with our experts, and let's take your business to the next level. Keep those dreams alive, keep pushing forward, and stay tuned for more. And if you liked what you heard in today's podcast and you want your business to reach new heights, just contact us at ProfitTalksPodcast.org or call us at 1-800-616-7232. That's 1-800-616-7232. So until next time, keep thriving. Keep thriving.